Welcome to episode 209 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Jason's just walked through the door. It's uh, the day after his birthday, and he's holding an iPad. Yes, I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> what, where did you get the money for that, Jason? Well, actually, so Sandy bought it for me for my birthday. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I said the day before my birthday, I said, you know, I was thinking about maybe buying an iPad yeah. for myself. For I said, you know, a lot of, a lot of the listeners have donated money specifically for the iPad. So I feel like now I need to actually go out and buy the iPad. And uh, she's like, well, why don't you hold up on that? Because I came up with a reason she gave me it. And then, uh, of course, it showed up yesterday. We uh, opened presents. Oh, that's nice. Colby Colby saw it and he's like, my dream has come true. (laughs) (laughs) Colby said that. (laughs) Yeah. It was like it was his present. You know, he he was just on that thing like white on rice. Well, what do you think of it? Oh, it's really cool. I mean, I haven't had a lot of time to use it yet, but I was playing around with it last night. Um... Primarily, you reading articles that I had saved to Instapaper. Yeah. So Instapaper is how I save articles, and my w- the way I would do it before is I'd save a bunch of articles in Instapaper, and then I'd go and print out like a twenty pages worth. Yeah. Um, and and they're sort of condensed format, but now I'm going to experiment with just saving it Instapaper and then just reading them, reading articles on the iPad. Right. Which will save a lot of paper, save a lot of headache because our. And so is that the Retina version? Yeah. So this is like the four G. Retina, Wi-Fi, oh, right. so it's, it's, got, it's always on. It's always on wireless as well. Yeah, and um, so Sandy said she got us on the on the unlimited data plan for Verizon. Oh, so you'll be able to watch Netflix and everything. Yeah, and she said it only costs like ten dollars more a month. Wow, that's awesome. And but yeah, because basically it's it's cool. You can watch that in bed, and it feels like you're watching a big screen because it's just close to your face. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about that last night. So I, I was watching, I was watching the end of the uh, Sunday night football game, and I was like, I, I kind of was losing interest. Yeah. And I was thinking about going on Netflix and watching it, but I, I don't know. I'm still on the fence of whether I'm going to end up doing a lot of that, like hold, like actually holding, like lying in bed holding the iPad on my chest. You'll see. That seems a bit time. I'm pretty lazy. Once I get to the bedroom, I am lazy. Like, right? I just want to lie back and have the remote. Yeah, but when you just have this thing, no, the, the, I'll tell you what it's really great. It's like when you just wake up and it's just next to you and you could just like open your eyes. Talk about being lazy. Open your eyes. Hacker News. Oh, yeah, there. You know, you haven't even got out of bed and you're looking at Hacker News. Right, right. Well, anyway, one thing I want to say is so for, for our listeners who donated, for, uh, made, put in the donations for the iPad. Yeah. So I'm going to so reimburse Sandy in a way. And so it's like half Sandy, half the Tech Zing birthday present. Oh, nice. So like a, that seems like a fair way of doing it and uh i want to thank everybody for the ipad because it's it's yeah uh, so that cool. was uh, frederick tours um udi mosaev um kelly also uh gave us 300 bucks wow. well i'll just say frederick tours gave us 50 bucks udi mosaev gave, gave us uh 50 bucks kelly gave us 300 but he said for the ipad or whatever and i actually used that whole 300 for the audio so, right but, which but, is a, which is a better which is I think a, a really that was a very generous donation, but yeah. I thought that should be used for the improvement of the show. Right, right, yeah. So then, Ryad also gave two hundred bucks. Now, it wasn't specifically for anything, but I think that it probably some of it may end up in this iPad. So maybe maybe two hundred. Yeah. 
of the total or 250 or something, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, you know, obviously I want to thank everybody for that. It was very generous and, uh, I, yeah, I like it. So hopefully I'll, uh, make my life easier for, uh, reading and saving stories. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, it's pretty impressive. It's impressive machine. You know, I was, I was telling Sandy, I was like, you know, there's not a lot of toys that I want as an adult. Like what, what would I spend money on? Yeah. You know, and anything short of say a, a Maserati, a Maserati right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've, I, I guess I've decided that that's my, my dream car, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, I, it's like, I don't really have a toy. Like, is there something that I want? You know, I just want better Macs, better apples, you know? Yeah. You know, I was up at, I was up at Uber this week and they were making fun of me cause I have a, a, a fat, slow power book. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, I was like, what are you, what are you, are you, are you saying the computer is reflective of its owner? You know, like the right. dog, he called me. I'm like, well, I, mean, I was looking at there's, there's are they're, they're newer retina power books. Yeah, yeah. They're more, they're definitely faster. They're SSD as well, right? They're SSD. They so and and I, I'm sure the CPU clock speed is up. It's fun, yeah, yeah. They're a lot lighter. Yeah, and uh, they're thinner. They're they're svelte. I really I really want one. I was I was actually thinking of getting one and giving this to Georgie. And that thing was hushy. What thirty eight hundred a couple years back? Yeah, this thing was two thousand seven hundred. I think. But I think after you got everything on it. Yeah, it's true. It's true because I got like another eight megs of RAM. But it doesn't have an SSD. I think I don't think it went over two two five. The, the people the people I've talked to have got SSDs. I swear by them. They they say that that you you that couldn't changed, do yeah anything. There's nothing more that you could do that would. There's nothing that you could do that would affect the performance of your machine more than the SSD. That's that's what I've been told. Yeah, by. because it's basically the same as RAM. Yeah, and so the the guys up at Uber, the couple of guys I was talking to, they were like like Amos, my my buddy Amos. He's like he was using my computer for a second. He's like, dude, your your machine sucks. It's so slow. I'm like, what? And then the guys like, yeah, they were like laughing at. They, yeah. laugh, they were laughing at me and my machine. So I feel a little sad. I know I had the exact same experience <laughs> at Uber Media, and it's weird because they're just they're they're waiting for just like a you know like a split second refresh. They're saying that's slow. I'm like, uh. But second refresh. I mean, yeah. So it's 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 even faster when you're on SSD. Yeah. So um, yeah. Well, it's great. So I uh, will be interesting to see um see what I can use it for. You know. So it's funny. I was looking at this. So I have an I have an iPhone 4s. I got a Mac Pro and I got the iPad. But I'm not a Mac. I'm not an Apple fanboy. I know. Sandy. So Sandy has. So we split the difference, right? So Sandy has Windows 8, an Android phone. Okay. Not a Galaxy, something. Um, yeah. And uh, she has a, uh, a, a Nook. Yeah. The Nook Color, whatever. And so, so we'll probably, she'll probably get... And she just dropped her Android phone, so she'll probably be getting one of the new Galaxy. So do you, is Android. the reason that you want that so that when you're building mobile apps, you can test it on different apps, or that's just the way it worked out? That's a theoretical underpinning, like something I've been thinking about. I'd like to have multiple devices, so anything I build can be tested on multiple platforms. Yeah. Um, Sandy doesn't like Macs. She's 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 she a Windows girl. Like it. She just she's not she's just not into it. She's not buying the hype. She's just, she just doesn't she doesn't care. And you know she uses Office a lot. She has a lot of uh, Excel and Word and PowerPoint yeah. and you know is you know browsing the web. And I think she has some audio edit, audio editing stuff, um, stuff that she does oh. for. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to move my mom over to Max, but uh, she's she does she just doesn't want to go there. Yeah, I, you know, I don't. You know, I know there's a lot of hype about how Macs are super easy and, and, and Windows machines are buggy well, think, and have problems. I, think, I, don't, I don't think it's that big a difference. Honestly. I think the main issue is security. That's why I want to move her over. Because she keeps getting hacked. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's maybe, that, maybe that's an issue. But um, so, yeah, so we're a split household. We're not a... Okay, so we're talking about that, uh, testing on different mobile devices. Titanium. 
Right. What do you think of titanium? So you've been using it for what, like about a month now, is it? A few weeks. I'm working on this. A couple it's, of weeks. It's, it's building a, an sort of a small, Yeah, it's been kind of a small project. Um, and you've really liked I, it. I really like it, except I just um, I just found out about their licensing. Oh. Did you see that there was an article that was on Hacker News last week about some guy, developer, who was really pissed off that because he felt like he was being extorted by... Um, Accelerator. Accelerator. That they contacted him out of the blue and said, you owe us $5,000 huh. for you know your app. And I didn't really... I read the I read the article, but I didn't know much about the licensing when I read that. You know, anytime you read these sort of rants, you kind of have to take them for a grain of salt because it's... Yeah. You, know, you're, you're not, you don't necessarily get in the full picture right and um so i was like huh well, that's something to keep in mind and um so the other night i was trying to finish a build and i upgraded to the latest ios 6 i think xcode yeah you know i got the xcode updates they update xcode and so i, I went and updated xcode and then titanium one build right. I, with the build errors it would not build and i was all over the web looking for you know some kind of quick fix like oh just adjust this setting or you know, clean your directories or upgrade to some patch or something, but nothing would work. So that's a nightmare. You know, that was obviously a big problem. And um, so I was like, okay, well, maybe what I need to do is, is just go and, and, and buy like a premium license. And it used to be, what you know, like say a year and a half, two years ago when I was first using it, it was like $200 a month yeah. for a premium support license. And but it was know, even which, cheaper than that in the first place. I think it was ninety nine dollars a month when they first came out. Okay, maybe hundred. Yeah. yeah, so something yeah. was very reasonable. It was yeah. an independent developer. You're yeah. like, okay, so I'm actually building on this. That's not on. That's not a big deal. I mean, it's expensive if you thought about like paying for a development environment. Development environment being like twelve hundred bucks. I mean, that takes you back to like the early nineties and buying like Visual Studio Professional or something. Yeah, but they but they they didn't let. Did you have to buy a year in advance? So you had to. They had to put out a thousand or something. I I don't re- I don't recall because I was building it for my buddy Mark and they bought the license. He was in <laughs> right, his name, yeah, so yeah. I don't really know. I just remember being like a hundred or two hundred bucks. Yeah, and yeah. He was the one sending the emails to support whenever there was some kind of development problem. So anyway, I I went to the website to find out. Well, okay, well, what what's it going to cost to get this support license? And of course, there's no information on the site, which oh, which drives me insane. I can't stand it when when companies hide their pricing. You know, so they they don't they didn't put it up there and say, oh well, it's two hundred dollars for this. I, I looked at that pricing page today. There's, there's just a button saying contact sales. Yeah, so I contact, hit, click that button and filled out my information and sent them an email. And I wait two days. Finally, I get contacted by a sales or like it's kind of like a pre-sales guy. He comes on and he's like, well, I'm not actually the sales guy. I can't quote any pricing to you, but I just need to get a sense of who you are and you know what your business is and what you're using Absolute for. So that's really irritating, right? So they kind of vet me, right? And so he like, and I'm like, well, look, I'm a freelance developer. It's just a, you know, it's a freelance project for this other company. And he's like, he's like, okay, well, so once he got all that information down, um, he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to have a, the the sales specialist or whatever they call them to contact you. And I was like, well, look, <laughs> make it fast, please, because I, you know, this company. He's really trying to understand your context and see, okay, can we get a hundred grand from this guy, or can we get that's whatever grand? That's generally it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a cynical way of looking at. It. Bottom line is, it's it's annoying to have to go through that. Yeah, anyway, so. I mean, obviously, if you're like in edu- if you're buying for the government or for education or enterprise, maybe you talk to different people and they're trying to send you to the right people so they get the make the conversations more efficient. But I generally also kind of agree with that that they're trying to figure out like you know 
how much can we get this guy? I mean, we don't want to charge this guy five thousand dollars a month well, when, we can, when we can get fifty. They're probably prioritizing their pipeline as well. They're like, okay, look, does this guy seem like he comes from a big company? Does he have any power in the company? Is there, is there going to be real money coming in from this person? Uh, that that would make sense. I mean, that's possible. So I finally get get contacted by the the uh, specialist, and he's basically comes down to this. Now, this is from my conversation with him. So I I want to call him. I want to have another conversation to to verify. My understanding that if I that I actually understood everything correctly, but he said if as if independent developer I would be termed a partner an accelerator partner and it would cost five thousand dollars a year, right? And then I could build clients for I could build build uh, software for as many clients or apps for as many clients as I wanted. Now if if it was a client if it was the company that had hired me to build it, if they bought the license to be seventy five hundred. Seven thousand five hundred for a company to yes, a yearly license. You have to buy the whole year now. Any and it was like if you were a bigger company, a bigger consulting company was building that had a lot of developers, or if you were a big company that had a lot of stuff going on, you you would pay a lot more money. And they were talking, you know, they always talk about the service level agreements as SLAs to make a big deal out of that. But I don't know. I I, I found that was a real negative for me because it was a. I feel like five thousand dollars a a year. For a license is, is a lot well, of money. But the thing is, I don't think the story ends there because when I look, uh, I'm looking at the, the accelerator plans and pricing page right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that what you're talking about, the 5,000 is like app accelerate standard. Yeah. It's kind of like that. He says it's not, it's, it's not necessarily standard. It's, it's the, the standard I think was a 7,500. This is a partner. Thing. Okay. So, but with, but so with the standard, you get 10,000 push notification devices. So they, they they've got different magic levers going on here. Okay. So if you build yeah. if you build a Twitter app with Accelerator, mm-hmm. you get a million downloads. Or let's say a Facebook app. Let you know you're an independent dev. You build a Facebook app, you get a million downloads. Oh, let's, let's take a real number. A million is ridiculous. Let's say well, let's say a hundred thousand. Say let's say uh, twenty thousand maybe. Okay, twenty thousand downloads. You can't create a free app that put that has push notification built in because you have three or four notifications. You're real limit. Right. Yeah. Okay, and then there's there's something about API calls as well. I don't know what that means. Well, they have this kind of cloud service that yeah. you can use. So uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they're push notification stuff. If you flow flow through them, maybe it's different than if you use something like Twilio or with Boxcar or some of these other. Programs. Right. So you could so you could build so you can build your own push notification system into it. I'm I don't know. I'm guess speculating. I don't really know. I mean, okay, because what because what it looks like to me. From from the way that their plans and pricing written is that you're you're kind of limited to a specific number of devices that you can get deployed, right? But maybe I'm wrong. But that would be crazy if that's true. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing he said that he had to inform me is that they reserve the right to show ads on their on the apps. No, 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 no. That's what he said. That can't be true. I, I was like, what? And and he said that you know you're not allowed to build. You're 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 you are out of compliance with the license if you build up an app, put it on the app store, and you don't have a license. He's like, we're not going after those people. You know, we're not like we're going after anything, but you're not in compliance. If you want to be in compliance, you have to buy a license. And that's what I think happened with the guy who wrote the article complaining that he was felt like he was being extorted. They were coming after him and say that, you know, you owe us $5,000 for your app or, you know, so they, or So else. what they do is they monitor the apps that go up there, and then the ones that seem to be successful, they're like, okay, we're going after this guy. That might be the case. I mean, who knows? There may not be any kind of formal policy. Maybe they're probably just experimenting. Maybe there's some aggressive sales 
guys who then contact probably probably this is happen, happening they're probably the management is probably like you know we want this thing to kind of go i'm not viral but we want this thing to be widely used we want the platform to be widely used so we're not going to charge a license for it we're going to charge we're going to we're we're going to really charge a license for premium support and things like that um but we're going to put it in our licensing agreement that you really need to be in compliance for it so it gives it so so that they can have that sort of um in their back pocket if they want to use it and what might have happened is some of these sales people said hey you know one way one thing we can do is we can just contact all these people and say hey you know you're not really in compliance for it maybe you should buy a license right the person receiving the call was like feeling like they were being extorted. Like the person was actually sort of really saying, look, pay us the 5,000, you're probably going to get sued. You know, so I'm guessing it was probably something like that. You know, probably didn't say, probably the, the sales guy probably didn't come out and say, well, I'm going to, you know, we're, we'll probably, you know, have your app removed or, you know, get some kind of a legal, you know, um, lawsuit or something if you, if, you, if you don't pull your app or don't buy a license. But he probably just said, you know, look, you're out of compliance. You really, you really should be in compliance, and this is what we charge, and 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 that's the way the uh, the developer interpreted it. But I'm just guessing. This is all pure speculation. I don't know. Well, if if the, if that thing about the ads is true, mm-hmm. that's it. You know, I won't use it. So yeah, I'm um. So I, I have some reservations too. I, I I'm gonna. So like I said, this is kind of a small little project that I'm doing for for a client, and um, you know, I had recommended. Accelerator Titanium because of my previous experience with them and it, and it was you know the hundred bucks a month premium support and it seemed like there weren't any other limitations and I was happy to, with you know using it as a plat- development platform it was it was even back then even though they were still kind of buggy and the documentation sucked it was still really easy yeah to get a native app built but you know it's kind of the fence for me now like you know what is it worth doing they say it's fine they'll pay for they'll they'll pay for the license so what will you do then on a, a different well, I won't be building any personal apps for it, probably, unless, unless. Uh, well, I have to have some stuff clarified because I'd I mean, to, I was. I'd have to have that ads thing clarified because that would really, really well, piss me off. Right, exactly. Because I was very strongly considering building an app for Uber Media using the Accelerator technology, but if it has to have ads, if it has to have the ads clause in, I can't even do it because Uber Media have their own ad platform. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that's the, that's the end of end of the discussion really right so i i've contacted them as well to find out um so i'll hopefully have a, a call with them yeah so cool. you know saying. maybe you're you know you, you might be able to glean some some things that i that i missed or we didn't cover in our conversation so i'll be interested to hear what you guys go over because <laughs> you know sometimes you have this conversation with people and then afterwards you go oh, that doesn't make sense did i hear that right yeah like I, you heard I, it wrong. did i hear or, yeah. or did we not communicate uh, about these things correctly because I, I i just some of it just didn't make sense it's like when i'm explaining it it just some some parts of it just doesn't make don't make a lot the, the ads thing just doesn't make sense to me the um I don't so know. okay so moving on from that we had um another catalyst session on sunday and that's the reason the the perpetual reason why the show's coming out late now <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah so so here's the thing i have we we used to do shows on saturdays you know, six months ago, whatever. That worked pretty well. The reason that I've had to move those for, at least for the fall, is because all three of my kids are playing AYSO soccer. Yeah. So, and Colby's playing flag football. So I have four games. Right. On Saturdays. So it starts at about 8.30 a.m. and goes to like three or four. So, so I am doing, I'm sitting out in 100 degree heat. It's just coaching, not enough time. I'm either coaching a game or watching a game or running back, run home, change uniforms, 
grab something to eat, run to the next game, you know, whatever. So Saturdays are just done. And by the end of the day, I mean, I'm toast. I got, I got nothing left. So, um, that's why I had, I had asked, you know, a few weeks ago, like, can we just move things to Sunday? Yeah. But now just because I was out of town, I was up at Uber and for some other, another schedule conflict, I've been moving the catalyst sessions from Thursday night to Sunday because otherwise we wouldn't be able to sessions at all. Right. But then after our catalyst session, you and I are both kind of blown out. <laughs> So yeah. it's like the there's thought. no way we're doing a podcast after that. Yeah, right? you'd have to. We'd, well, we'd have to do it like in the evening after we had the rest of the day to recover or something. Because so, about, what do you think of the catalyst session this week? What do you think of the way that it went? I think I think there's a lot of things that are going really well, and I think some things that um, need to be improved. Um, so, you know, let's get let's get to the details of of what we taught them, what they learned, but in, in a second. But I think the environment, the room is the space is not good. Because we're holding it in a in a play therapy office, which means there's lots of little toys and distractions, which is which is yeah, it's really difficult to keep the kids from being distracted. Yeah, I mean it's I mean eight to eleven year old kids, right? right? Especially the eight year olds, eight and nine year olds just can't resist messing around with the toys and stuff. The second thing is we don't really have good tables and desks to sit at. Yeah, no, that's that, and, they're not great, and that's that's kind of sucks. So the combination, the, this, and, and we don't have like a big whiteboard on an easel. We really need like a chalkboard or whiteboard. We need desks and chairs, and we need not not we need to not be surrounded by a ton of toys. <laughs> well, it's the chaos, really. That's, yeah. that's, that's the problem. The chaos, and and the chaos is, the, and I think that chaos is largely a result of those things. I think I think the other issue with the chaos is the fact that. We had when, you, when you're installing computer on machine, uh, installing software in machines, and we had a lot of machines that were not up to up to date, and that just puts when everything gets kind of put on hold for ten or fifteen minutes, the kids just start going nuts. Well, I had a long talk with Georgie about mm-hmm. Catalyst and about the way it's been going and about the chaos, mm-hmm. and asked her, you know, if she could make any recommendations mm-hmm. to try and rein that in, mm-hmm. and and just is, how, how do you deal with these little kids? Like, what what do you do? And she so she gave me. Um, we spoke it, we talked it through mm-hmm. and she gave me a structure that she thinks would work very well. First of all, she was gobsmacked at two hours. It's a two hour length. She was like, wow, that's really long for eight year old kids. That's a long time. But so she said, so she came up with a structure that, that would be a, an hour and a half. And she was also saying that if you, if the kids are learning something deep, you know, something really good in quarter of an hour or half an hour, um, chunks, mm-hmm. then that's a lot better than lots of chaos and them not learning anything. So, so the suggested structure that she says, and we don't have to go with this, but I'm just, I'm just telling you. Basically, it's like this. As, as people walk in, be play, so, there's, so there's kind of, you can't stop eight-year-olds from playing. They want to play. They have to play. So build it into the lesson. Yeah, go with the grain. So, so basically, as people walk in, be playing a game that brings the group together so that kids can... I'll just move my cat away from here. Get the fuck out of there. As people walk in, be playing a game that brings the group together so that kids can meet and greet, because that's a really important thing for eight-year-olds. They want to meet each other. They want to greet each other and get them into group mind mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. So games like hot potato, beach ball, or hockey sack. So literally be playing that as they walk in the door. So that kind of gets them together and gets them thinking and get, gets them into a group and just do it for 10 minutes. And then after 10 minutes, give them a five-minute warning and say, in five minutes' time, we're going to be at our, at our desks. So over the next five minutes, just set yourselves up with the computer. So basically, you've kind of got a lot of their energy out of them for the first 10 mm-hmm. minutes. They've worked it through. And then they've, you've, you've kind of set an expectation. So now they know in five minutes they need I to see. be ready. Yeah. So then you do 30 minutes hardcore focus teaching them. 
-hmm. You sit down and focus for 30 minutes, but you tell them in 30 minutes time, we're going to have a 10 minute free play break so that they're like, okay, I'm really going to focus for this 30 minutes. Cause I know that in, mm -hmm. in that amount of time, I've got this 10 minute free play. Right. That makes sense. So then you do another 10 minute free play. Then you have another 15 minutes focus where you apply what you taught in the first 30 minutes. So you teach for 30, all the hard concepts, and then the exercises happen in the last 15 minutes. And they can also happen, they can also go out a bit longer as well. And then you just have a five to, t a five to 10 minute wind up free play. Yeah, That's an so, hour and a half. And he, she thinks we'll get through a lot of education that way. Yeah, so the, the two hours wasn't necessarily meant to be the instruction the entire time. It's like right. when you count all the setup and breakdown, I mean, a lot of times we don't even get started for 20 minutes. Right. People right. are still walking in. People yeah. aren't, not everyone is there on time. A lot of people yeah. are 20, 30 minutes late. And then we have to spend the last 10 minutes breaking things down. Right. Well, if, if that's why if we have 10, 10 to 15 minutes uh, play, group play at the beginning, we set stuff up while the kids do the group play. Right. And that's kind of what I was trying to do with the board game. Yeah. We, we did, an, we did again, the, the thing we've talked about before with using the card game with index cards that have like, and you go through an obstacle course, yeah. you know, I, you know, we, we set that up on a, on a whiteboard instead of come up with an obstacle course. That worked really well, you know, but maybe, right, maybe there's some other thing we can do that's even simpler to get the kids, like you said, like a... Some kind well, of get the game. energy out of them. Get the energy out of them. If they're playing a game, like a group game where it's, it's that kind of physical game, and then we sit down and say, right, now we're going to... And we set up the computers while they're playing. And then we say, right, now let's sit down and focus because that's controlling the chaos then. Yeah, that's true. Now, there's, there's some issues though, okay, because it depends on how many kids you have. And how right. big of a space? I mean, you get another one. I mean, we had we were at that. We had like eight kids. You yeah. had like two more, and would be out of control. Like you couldn't. You'd be breaking things. I mean, the kids are already right. I mean, I, I don't know how. I mean, because she hasn't seen the space, and she doesn't know how many kids there are. Well, maybe you do it. Maybe you have them outside. Uh, you couldn't do, you could do that. Nah, no. that wouldn't work. Uh, what we need is. Well, but there must be group games that 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 get kids in that where they're working together. That they're not going to break stuff. Yeah, we'd have to come up with something, but I think yeah. I think the chaos. I think you're underestimating the chaos that could well, result she, from that because you saw Colby and well, McCarley were right saying control the chaos into little packets and then have focus in between those packets. Now that makes sense. Well, and you, you saw a couple times I started break. Every guys go play. I was telling them to go play. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. We would do things. I say go play. You know, and I would I was giving them breaks because like you and I would come up with a new obstacle course or we would sit down and we you and, and CJ and I would sit here and talk for five minutes. Okay, yeah. let's this is our new plan. Yeah, that was working. You know, and so. We were sort of iterating, groping in the dark towards a structure like that. But, but when, when we, what, what, what I did notice was when we were teaching them, like you were standing there with a whiteboard or I was standing there with a whiteboard and we had the eight kids just in front of us, they were actually, they were, those were the most focused times of the lesson. When they were all sitting around their PCs, there was, it was very difficult to get. Well, the problem was is that uh, part of the problem, I, and that's true, but the part of the problem was is half the PCs weren't set up. Right. And they, they couldn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, their, their computer was set up. Someone, you know, their computer was like, oh, so no one's computers were set up. And what were they going to do? They're not going to sit there. Just but it's also difficult because in a traditional classroom, you'll have a, you'll have a, a blackboard or some, a whiteboard or whatever, and you'll have some stuff up on there. And everyone will be like, have that focal point. Whereas if they're all just sitting around a desk and you just kind of say, okay, you type X equals X plus Y. And, you know, there's, there's no specific thing. Yeah, no, the, the space is terrible yeah i mean yeah. it's just set up for disaster yeah it's working against us so i'm i'm gonna i, I meant to do it today but i was so busy today i didn't get it done but I'm gonna, uh, i think tomorrow i'm going to contact the um the lady who run who does the handles the scheduling the room rentals at the church next door yeah. they have four big rooms and they're like big open rooms and there's nothing in there huh. just imagine big hardwood floor rooms do they have whiteboards 
uh, they don't. I was going to ask her if, let's say that we bought a, a good size quality board. They could have it. Yeah. We could use it there, sure, but that you guys can have Slip it. it for rent. Just not one of rent, but just saying that by letting us use it and keep it there, we won't take it. You guys can keep it. You know, it can be cost 250 bucks because there's no way you can. It's like getting a decent uh, whiteboard is going to be too big yeah. and cumbersome to carry back and forth. And 250 bucks to have something for the next six months or year and just have access to it. And if it can, if they have like a, a storage room that we'll move it into and out of, maybe they, they'd go for that. Yeah, that's a it's just idea. an idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, but because I, I, we need something quality, and I'd like if we get into these big rooms and we set up like the big kind of this your standard tables, kind of like the lunchroom style tables, yeah. the chairs. I think we'd be in a much better shape. And we set up the room so that they're sitting at the tables, the desks all facing the whiteboard. It's big enough room to the side so we can do some other stuff. But it's just setting it up for success. But I feel like that place we're setting ourselves up for fit. We're making, I mean, we're new to this, managing all these kids, teaching all this stuff. We have technical difficulties to deal with. We have age range from from eight to 12. We have kids who are coming for the first time. We have kids at third or fourth time. Um, I mean, it's, it's a lot to manage. I have to admit, it is an unexpected adventure in our lives. Like, when, when, in the middle of uh, Catalyst last time, I was, just sit, I was just sitting there, like, teaching these kids, like, standing there with the, with the whiteboard and teaching them. And I was like... How the hell did I end up here teaching these kids? Like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was funny. Well, that's why it's that's why it's you know it's a lot of work when you like take on you know new things like this. I mean, it, can, it can be a lot of work. This is a lot of work, but it's it's rewarding and it's interesting. I mean, it's challenging, it's frustrating, it's exciting, it's exhausting, it's all those things. So, what what do you think were the main things we we managed to teach the kids this time? Okay, so when we did the when we did the whiteboard. We, we did the whiteboard, uh, like we created a little obstacle course and we said, okay, here you have a little robot that's in one of the squares and we create a little obstacle course where they go on the squares and they have to turn and, you know, avoid certain So they had things. to use instructions, step and turn left and turn right and... Uh, repeat. Repeat. And, and jump. With Jeff Colby's. Colby was like, hey, why don't we just use jump and then we're done. Like he wanted to hack... Hey, Colby's idea was to hack the game. Right. <laughs> so he hacked the game, yeah. He's like, no, no hacking the game. Well, we, we let him add that in, but then we said, all right, well, then we're going to create walls, you know, yeah. Yeah, the jumper. But... Um, and then, and then we introduced the idea of a function yeah. and they got it first. They got how to do the repeats. Everybody, everybody was able to maneuver, use a series of instructions and loops to, to, to get the robot through. Even people who are brand new, they got it. It was, and I think it's a really good metaphor, um, or framework for explaining these kinds of things and the idea of a function. So we called the function bagel, <laughs> just took a random word yeah. out. And that was like a series of instructions and it was like repeat bagel. And do these two things. Well, the, the function thing worked well because we basically created a course that sort of seemed a little bit random, but if you actually looked at it, you could create a function. You, because the hard thing was creating a function that could work going sideways and going up and going down and all that. So the course looked random, but we made the we made it so that they could create a function which would be step step jump. Right. So when you look through when you looked over the whole board, you you might necessarily think that you could create a function, but then you like when you looked a bit deeper, step step jump. Well, we thought it was going to take seven steps. The kids got it down to five because they yeah. created a separate function that called yeah. bagel called cream cheese. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. So they call bagel twice with cream cheese, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was it was clever, yeah. and they got it. And then the next thing that we so that, well, first of all, that was impressive. That they got that. Yeah. That and I was really great. happy that we got the concept of a function down. And then w the next thing we did, which which took a few iterations, um, which is the idea of variables and assignment. 
So the idea of, you know, of, 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 of anything can be in a variable, it's called X or Y. It's just yeah. like an empty box. It's just a name. And you did a good job of saying it can be any set of words and call it anything we want. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, okay, X equals, a, X equals three, Y equals five, X equals Y, what it, print X, what, do you, what does it print out? Yeah, that, that was, when we first said that, even the adults were like, what the, what, what's, what's going on here? And so it, that took, that took a few, that, I'd say that took like 15, 20 minutes to just get past that. Well, to get everybody through it. I mean, a yeah. couple, of the kids got, I mean, some of the kids got it, but a couple of the kids who were new, especially, um, you know, it took them, but then they got it. And later when we were writing computer programs to do this and we were using Python, you know, Colby and McCarley, the two youngest there, they were, they figured it out. They, they were, out. they were. So basically X equals, X equals 50, Y equals 30, uh, y equals x and then you print y what does it equal so basically you're assigning a variable to a variable and then it's they're working out oh now it's passing yeah through. it's just signing it like we, we were saying like it's like copying something into this box so equals yeah. is not like a a um it's not like an equation saying these things are equal it's moving this thing into this other yeah. thing this value yeah. so give them get that so that was good and um the the struggle of course is like there was a bunch of new machines came in that didn't have the environment set up and so that was kind of a disaster because that put those kids 15 minutes behind and everything but that time is the kids, most of the kids were able to write functions that did loops again, that did variable assignments, and then wrote functions that would do things that would. So, I, I mean, I think after a couple of sessions, I mean, the kids are getting it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Now, so one of the things that I wish I had known about, uh, my buddy uh, Pat Maddox uh, cu- uh, clued me in on this um, I, the other day about something called, uh, I think it's called Kids Ruby. Um, it's essentially, it's one environment that has the text editor and the output all there, kind yeah, of in a split the, window. the kids, it's really difficult for them to be flitting backwards and forwards between a text editor and an output window. And then, know, and then knowing how to work on the command line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, painful. And then also, in, in the Kids Ruby, they have, it has the graphics built in. The so have you tried library. out the Kids Ruby? I downloaded it. I haven't played with it. Okay. But the problem is, I didn't find out. He, he emailed me about it, like... Uh, Thursday or Friday went up in San Francisco. So yeah. I didn't get a chance to look at it. And so Saturday I was blown. I didn't have any time to do it. And I was just hesitating like, ah, you know, we just installed software and now we have to install it all over again. Yeah. But I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe we might want to do that. I think it'd be good. I'm going to take a look. I'm going to take a look at it because if we can get rid of that, you know, you save stuff and it just saves it to some like, you know, just flat uh, namespace or whatever, a flat file system. It doesn't like, you know, you don't have to worry about directories and is it, where did it save to? Where did the file save to? Yeah. Is my home directory? Is it the root directory? You know, that kind of stuff. So I think that's something we want to look at. Um, yeah. And the last thing I want to say about the catalyst uh, stuff is, um, oh, oh, for that. Uh, so I want to see, I was thinking about maybe I could see if I could um, get the guy, um, Ron Evans, who's a creator of Kids Ruby on the show. Oh, that's a good idea. Talk to him about why he created it, what he's used it for. So, but how, how recently did he create it? I don't know. I mean, it's fairly recently, I think. It's, okay, it's pretty cool. new. Yeah. And um, I think he's friends with Pat, so I could probably get probably easy to talk to him and um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind coming on talking about it. So that would be fun because I'm sure he's, he's probably tried to, he's probably the same thing. He probably tried the same thing we did, which is try and teach kids how to use, how to code and realizing that flipping forth between the editor yeah, and the command line perfect. and getting the graphics libraries installed. It's a nightmare. Well, I prefer Ruby than Python anyway. To me, they look the same. It's like it's like arguing about Portuguese and Spanish or something. It's like our, our time. I mean, it's like they all look kind of, they're kind of. It was really funny but. in the, in the session with the kids, I said, I said, oh, I hate Python. And you said, why? I said, well, I don't know, just 
just hate it. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, you know, when you meet a person you don't like, I just don't like it. <laughs> well, Ruby is so similar. I don't, I don't really hate, hate one. Like that. I, don't, I, 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 I could say that like, I could see if you like both of them, but you like one a little more or you, or you hate both, you hate one a little less, but to like one and hate the other is weird because they're so similar. So really? Uh, okay. I, yeah. Like if you looked at them at a glance, you, you have to look Does at it for a second. do the topping thing. Does no, you have, no, Ruby you, do the topping I think thing? you have end, like an end, till I end a block, like an end block. Oh, right, right. I, I, you know, I don't know Ruby, so I have to like spend... No, to be honest, I, I've only seen what we've, what we've done in Catalyst. So I've only seen like four lines of it. So <laughs> Okay, so you don't know. Right. So I don't, I don't really well, have you, an opinion, yeah, to be honest. You have no sunk cost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so one thing I started playing around with was creating a little video game version of our whiteboard game. Nice. Of the text game. I was thinking maybe the name for it would be Catalyst or Catalyst Coder right, or yeah. something. Yeah, cool. Because um, I was thinking, you know, if I could create a little game like this that we could play on the iPad... The kids could play that would that would kind of kind of based on I, I would I would use Dragon Box as a as a inspiration of how they well, actually iPad would be awesome because part of the problem is the freaking computers and the desk situation. If it was iPads and everyone could just laze about on the floors and learn that. Well, way. they could take turns with them. We have a couple of iPads, we have two or three, awesome. three or four iPads in yeah. there and, and the kids could play it. And, and, and I, I think we might be able to. So tell us about this the, game. How does it work? Well, I don't, I don't want to give. I don't want to get too into it yet because it's still really, pr- but I, okay. I, I, I was I was coding it on the flight up and the flight back yeah. to San Francisco and a little in my hotel was room. Was it fun? It's fun playing like, because like, like, there's no pressure on it, right? Like, right. There's no pressure. There's no one say, oh, well, this is due or it's for a client or have you, uh, when have you done this? It's like, I, I finish it when I finish it. I'm right, not, you right, know, it's okay. just something I'm playing around with. And, um, you know, I, I got it sort of simple where you can create some, some commands. You drag and drop some commands and it'll run the bot through the course and stuff. Nice, nice. It's kind of neat. So, um, I, 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 although I, I'm not sure like how much time it would take to get the cool animations, you know, because a lot of times you like move stuff in the iPad and things kind of jitter and, and they have these like these cool sort of secondary animations. Yeah. Like it's not like you just move something and drop. It seems like they kind of have these cool well, effects. Well, if you... I mean, one thing you should probably consider looking into is CSS3 transforms. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, a, there's a page that I'll, I'll send you a link to it. Because basically, CSS3 transforms, you, when the CSS3 transform is applied, the animation happens. But the best thing is, it uses the hardware acceleration. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like HTML or JavaScript animation. It just looks like really, really smooth. Cool. So there's so there's this one page that has all of those things, like it it, it jitters backwards and forwards, and mm-hmm. like basically this guy's created all these different animations, and you just you just insert them into the DOM at the time that you need, and it will do all that funky stuff. No, oh, all right, well, cool. Well, yeah, because I'm building in JavaScript, and because um, that's the easiest thing to play and get something up. I mean, I'm not, I'm building this just, I'm, I'm primarily building this for our Catalyst classes. Yeah, you know, and if it's if, if it's something that can be taken beyond that, then great. Um, but you know, we mentioned um, Dragon Box, I guess, on last show, and I get we got a comment from Jerome Lacoste, who's uh, one of the uh, developers. Yeah, of Dragon Box. Oh right, yeah, nice. So I sent him an email. I said, hey, we'd love to have someone from from I think we want to know his name of the company come on and talk about Dragon Box. Whoever whoever's like primarily responsible for like developing the game and uh, you know and and and, and game design and, and development. Because so I think it'd be a lot of fun to. Hear what oh, that's say. awesome. Yeah. So you're showing me, you're showing me, uh, yeah. You know, so you know, you always like want to show me stuff on the show. You know, I can't talk and like look at stuff. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> yeah, I cool, see. Huh? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'll send you that page. And um, for anyone else who's interested, it's uh, 
going to be a link in the show notes. I'm not going to try and read out that link. Yeah. So, so we might have a couple education oriented interviews because, well, they're ultimately about code anyway. Yeah. Right. So whether it's building Dragon Box and I, a really super popular iPhone, Android, iPad game. I mean, that'll be useful. It'll be interesting. And um, if we talk, if we can get Ron Evans to come on and talk about Ruby, kids Ruby and, you know, I mean, obviously it'll be partially about educating kids about coding, but for kids, for people who are not really all that interested in it, I mean, it'll be heavily code oriented. So are we done on this? Yeah. Okay. I've got another one for you. I'm, I'm just curious to know, App Ignite, is that a dead project now or what, what's, what's going on with that? Yeah, it's kind of in zombie mode, to be okay. honest with you. You okay. know, I, I just, um, <clears throat> I, I, any food just took up my, uh, took out any available last remaining cycles I seem like I had. Okay, right. And, uh, which is unfortunate because, you know, it was one of those things that was really close to, it felt like it was really close. But it always did. Yeah. It always did for two years. Yeah. And I just, uh, <laughs> You know, I have a long staying power, but after like two years, I think I started to lose a little zest okay. and getting a little frustrated. And I was like, that's what I was like, you know, it might be fun just build something kind of easy. Use the platform to build something easy rather than support other people. So would you use App Ignite for that little game that you're building? No, no. It I mean, doesn't need it because no. it's just a single page. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like building like apps and stuff. There's so much less ceremony, Yeah. you know, than say launching a, a web application. You know, web application, you got to, not only do you have to build the app itself, but it's like login and registration and forgot my password and um, there, an admin part of the site and then terms of service and privacy and con. I mean, just, just, just all this crap. You forget, you're like, oh, yeah, we got to have all these things. Yeah. You know, and um, change my password stuff. I mean, just, there's just, you could go down the list. There's like 30 other things you got to do that are incredibly boring and time consuming, but really kind of got to be there. Whereas an app is just kind of like, for the most part, it's just, it, the app just build the damn app and then just shove it into the store or whatever now that said i haven't actually released one to a well, store but you'll still a, you'll still have to build a website and then on a website you'll still have to put terms of privacy and all that kind of a lot stuff of them don't have that though most, i think most apps have some kind of website yeah yeah okay and then to get like if you don't have privacy then you don't really get search rankings in google for example hmm. you know all yeah. that all those kind of things yeah but yeah, so <clears throat> okay, so App Ignite, fair enough. Um, so, w- anything else to say on that? No, I don't know. Probably not at the moment. I, yeah. I mean, you know, the way the way we had, the way we had left it is Guyon was going to um, he was going to open source the object relational mapping stuff that we had yeah, built. Yeah. Um, as just sort of and as, as just a first step in sort of at least open sourcing the the underlying framework. The underlying library that that generated applications would run on top of. Nice, right? Because you know, and I think you had pointed this out to me about a year ago. I was like, look, you know, for people going to use this technology, the underlying framework better be well documented, better be open source, because otherwise, people aren't going to really trust it. Which I agree with. Um, now, in and at the time, he spent like oh three or four days on it, and then I think he got too much consulting work as well. So like I was getting consulting and I was just passing off to him. I was like, Dude, I can't do this. You want to do this?" And he was like, "Yeah." So he, so I was basically. So you're both earning money. Yeah, I'm, I was, <laughs> you know, so I it's probably my fault. I probably should not have given that guy. I probably killed Epic Knight by giving guy on consulting. You work. took too much work, and you gave guy on too much work. Like, I want you. You want you just do this project because I don't have time for it. And uh, there was one project that you know, one client that I had been working with for like a year and a half two years maybe or more almost since i really maybe longer geez maybe three years it's hard i'd have to think back but ever since i first started doing consulting work and um i eventually told him i had i didn't have 
like to do you know yeah. any more work for them because they're probably at a different hourly rate anyway than your current rate now. Um, no, they're they're at a good rate. They're at a good rate. I mean, it's you know it's a hundred bucks an hour. It's not bad, but okay. um, it's not. I charge more now yeah. for certain types of work, but um, it uh, it was just like it was it was using the old Frizo code base and was making all really complicated changes to the underlying code base and it was just like i just really didn't want to deal with it, it was just well, well, what are they going to do then well guyon is doing it for all oh, right Guy- no. i was like guy do you want to do it i was like fine i was like i don't want to do that <laughs> i mean he did he, he's he's like fine with it you know <laughs> nice okay well because actually he had been doing more well, he of, built Prezo with you anyway right a lot of it yeah yeah he did yeah we worked on that so he uh and especially he knows a lot of the uh the hardcore deep dark magic yeah as well as i do so you know he's just as is just as just fit as confident. to do so, it so you confident. haven't like screwed them over you, you and at this point he's more confident because yeah. he's been working on it when i've yeah. forgotten it so yeah. <laughs> um you know yeah because we worked on all that stuff together and um i don't know whatever bottom line is he's doing that and then there's i can't remember there's been one or two other client projects that i've kind of like just sort of basically handed to him and how is any food coming i don't have an update Okay. This no week. Well, like when I go when I go, when I go to uh, San Francisco over the Uber, I mean, there's three. You've got to focus on Uber. Well, there's three full days that I'm off the map. I mean, I'm like at their office for like 12 hours a day. I mean, there's I can barely return an email, yeah. and because at night I'm usually meeting. I'm either going to dinner with one of, with one of those guys, or I might be meeting a friend up there. So I might get back to my hotel minutes. So I get nothing, and then there's a day before where I'm scrambling to get client work or get stuff prepped for Uber. And then there's a day after where it's family. So it's like, I'm just gone for like six, five, six days. There's really nothing happens. Yeah. Such as life as a consultant, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, I, but, I certainly uh, know how that we'll, feels. We'll have an update next week. I think I have some, I have some stuff I want to get done and I, I don't want to, I'd rather talk about it next week. We got. All right. Well, I've got stuff. a couple of things to talk about skyboard and all my stuff. If, yeah. If that's yeah. all right. I got a lot of stuff too. So we'll, 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 let's, um, I just want to let you know, I got, got some things we can, we can talk about it as Would well. Would you want to do that first? And then no, let's Skyboard. talk about Skyboard. Okay, so, <clears throat> well, Plugio. Um, basically, I'm, ca- I'm kind of putting Plugio on hold and just doing custom- customer support for that. So it's, it's got the money coming in, but I'm not really... Pushing. Is it pretty consistent on the money? It's pretty consistent. It's, it's just staying around the three and a half thousand. You so know? it got up to four almost, but then it kind of... But then it like kind that. of went back down, yeah. Hmm. Just staying on the three and a half thousand. So that's, that's there. Okay. Um, double dollar. That was, I, God, I had a crazy madness about that and I had to get that out. And that is now available for anyone to look at on double dollar js.com. So anyone can go there and check it out. Double dollar spelled double dollar. Yeah. Spelled double dollar. Cause obviously you can't use the dollar yeah, sign. You can't use it. Yeah. The oh, DNS, yeah. One thing I want to say real quick before we get into that is your, your term, the madness, which I think is really good. I was telling Sandy, I said, you know, the one f- I, the one term that I came up with, you know, the phrase "increasing your luck surface area," that was that's that was something that's that I think kind of has become part of I don't know it's vernacular, but people know a lot of people in a the tech people world that, know yeah. that, yeah. which is kind of neat. And I think the madness is 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 kind of like at least within the texting world, people know about the madness. We get people email us, they got the madness. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I was telling her I had a little of the madness of that game. So I say yesterday afternoon it was my birthday, but it's like we had spent the morning. Um, doing some stuff and then it was like oh we did morning was spent during catalyst and after you and i got back from lunch and we did the whole birthday thing i was like i just need a couple hours because i got a little bit of madness got the madness. like i just want to spend yeah, a couple to, hours to get, to get away from I, the madness because once you get the madness out then you can think straight because if, if you have the madness 
to work on a project, like you just are obsessed with it. Yeah. You just can't focus on anything else. No, You're like, nothing. I just want to do this. Yeah. It's yeah. like you're starving to death and all you can think about is food. And everybody's like, hey, let's go. It's like, dude, I just want to eat. I can't think. I can't think about. Or if you're you're tired, and all you want to do is go to sleep, and and just like I can't think about anything else. So I think um, yeah, it's true because I, I was like, oh man, I wish I'd thought of a good term like like surface area. <laughs> but actually, now that you mention it, the madness is pretty good. The madness yeah. is good. It it because it, yeah. it, it you you you, you, you tried to push the man on a wire thing, but it just I think it was just too that was going there. Yeah. But the madness it it's it simply articulates this feeling that people get and now they can just describe it and they say rather than say well i get obsessed with i really get past no it's not being past it's you're you're you got the madness it's like a couple days or a week or two weeks and you cannot think about anything else other than working on that project and it doesn't matter and you're supposed to work on a client code or whatever it is and but you just can't stop yourself that's the madness it's the madness but after you you know but the madness usually you usually can you know it's sometimes it's a couple days sometimes it can be a few weeks but usually you can get it kind of out of your system, right? I mean, I don't know. It depends. I think you're the madness with Swarm at one point. Right, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, so with, with Double Dollar, I seriously had it. I just had to get it documented and done. And I would recommend to anyone to write a framework, to, to, to write and document a framework. Because actually, w- the process of documentation and documenting it in its own right makes you rethink some of the things that you were doing and go, oh, I've kind of been doing that really stupidly. Like this, this, there's this much better shortcut that I could do. So in doing the documentation, mm-hmm. it actually evolved the framework concepts that I've been using for the last four years. So for the last four years, I've been building very specific type of things. Plugio is an example, the Plugio framework. Right. So the way I've been doing this kind of JSON kind of notation thing, mm-hmm. but with double dollar, it's just so much more advanced, so much more easy to understand, much more structured. Anyway, so I got the madness out of the way. Madness. I've documented it. And now every, I'm doing everything in double dollar, right? So I'm doing all the stuff that I'm doing for Uber Media, I'm doing in double dollar. All the stuff that I'm doing for my other clients, I'm doing in double dollar. I'm doing Skyboard in double dollar. And it's great because it means that you can share code, just like copy and paste share code between all those different apps. Yeah. And just components like a pop up component or a growl component. Or just all these different things, like animation or whatever. Just quick. Like, it's like App Ignite, except yeah. it's my own little App Ignite. Yeah, it's JavaScript. Yeah, it's, it's JavaScript, front end. It's yeah. not, it, App Ignite was more a, um, yeah, server-side stuff, but yeah. So that's why I'm real happy about that. So that's where I am with Double Dollar. Anyone can look at it. It's, it is crazy. It's definitely different to the way that anyone else codes JavaScript. Um, it's just a different way of thinking about it. Um, and I'm not sure that many people would get it except for me. When I, when I show the framework to you, you said, well, why don't you sh- explain some of the reasons why you've written this? Well, what, yeah, well, the thing I, I get the point I was trying to make is like, if, if, I'm, if I'm a developer looking at this first time, I want to know why I should care. Tell me what problem you're solving that these other frameworks <laughs> aren't solving. Why do I care a crap it's, about it's weird because it's like, it's something that I understand subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Like, and that there's this big cloud of understanding that I have. It's like this big hazy cloud of like, oh my God, there's so many reasons why this is awesome. But it's so difficult for me to articulate <laughs> mm-hmm. any one of those reasons. Well, um, I think the, a good way to do it then maybe is just a series of examples. Say you want to do X. Here's how you'd have to do it in Backbone, Spine, Meteor, Ember, and here's how you do it in Double Dollar, you know, I or whatever. Yes, I guess. But one of the biggest things that I like about it is um, that it's kind of like plasticine. 
like you can kind of mold it so mm. you refactor as you go along with mm -hmm. double dollars so you because it's all done through namespacing mm -hmm. it's real easy to just like get a whole swathe of code and move it from one namespace to another namespace and so say for example you're building user login you know you may think or you're, you're building a login page and in the first place you think okay my login needs to be under app because it makes sense to go double dollar dot app dot login right but then you're like no no but that belongs to a user like it's the user who logs in not the app so then you can just copy paste that code into the into the user namespace and you're like oh yeah that makes sense double dollar user dot login right see what i'm saying so as i'm kind of coding i'm refactoring consistently and creating beautiful zen like code the whole way through mm -hmm. and it's just all very structured and nice. so that's kind of one of the nicest things about it um anyway skyboard skyboard okay so i've been working on skyboard i've shown you where i'm at with mm -hmm. it and i'm i've got the madness about skyboard <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Um, I think that the reasons why I really like it, and I wanted to give a comparison to Plugio because that's the best comparison I've got because I've built Plugio. It's a business. It's making money. And the reasons why I like Skyboard versus Plugio, there's kind of specific reasons. Um, one of them is it's not built on someone else's platform. Right. Right. Because Twitter is a horrible platform to build on. Right, okay. the ground is always moving. The ground, oh my god! They don't want you to extract any more value that they could extract out of it. Exactly. So they're, they're gonna. There's so many shut different reasons. But then also, I was thinking about this compared to Anyfoo. It's also like you're my platform with Anyfoo, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so when I'm building, uh, when I'm building Anyfoo, I, I like you're like my Twitter, mm -hmm. right? Because <laughs> right, I've got right. to do it just the way that you want it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got to be all done like that. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm not on anyone's platform. I'm kind of not beholden to anyone. So that's kind of a huge thing about doing Skyboard for me. Right. Right. Um, another one is because the basic concept, which is to just get, I get suggestions and get ideas rated, is just so simple. Like if I try and explain Plugio to people, it's impossible. Like I try and explain Plugio to my uncle or to my gran or something. They're like, what? What's that thing? Right. But if, if I say, oh, I'm building this thing where people can just rate ideas. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh yeah, get it instantly. Right. So, and I think that makes a huge difference in marketing and mm -hmm. in, in every single aspect of it. Right. Is this really boring? No, no, yeah. I'm listening. Okay. So something else is that a skyboard, the very nature of it, the whole point of it is you build this thing with a bunch of questions and then you send it to other people mm -hmm. and they rate it. Mm -hmm. It markets itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? true. It has a certain amount of virality. To Whereas it. Plugio, it, it anti-markets itself. People don't want to tell other people that they're using Plugio because they don't want other people to know that they've got an automated system. Right. You know, using Twitter. Right. So anyway, those are the main things I was thinking off the top of my head and kind of why I'm excited about it. Well, when are you going to release it? Um, <clears throat> well, I got quite a lot of it done. Uh, the, the, the first version. Oh, I wanted to have a discussion with you about this. In terms of, and this is a question that I have for the listeners as well. Um, I was thinking about releasing it and having a page the plans and pricing page there's there's going to be no premium plans but i was thinking about the plans and pricing page should that have like a pre-subscription option or should it have like a crowdfunding option or something like that crowdfunding option well like app.net did for example they they offered they basically said basically kickstarting mm -hmm. should it should i do something like kickstrapping kick yeah should i kickstrap it so you want people to pay before they use it and they get a discount. If it, and if it launches, they get a discount on that. Well, there's two different ways. One, one is I could say, okay, look, this is going to have three plans. It's going to have a 20-buck plan, a 50-buck plan, and a 100-buck plan. 
if you if you pay right now, if you pre-register, we won't take any money from your card. But when the plans kick in, you'll be in at fifty percent for life, right? Fifty percent discount. That's one possible way. Or another possible way is to just say, kickstrap it and say, I'm trying to raise two hundred thousand. If you if you because the way that he raised two hundred thousand was he didn't do it on a monthly thing. He basically said, pay for a year in advance. Yeah, I okay. I, I think I think what um, I can't. I'm blanking on the guy's name who did um, Dalton Caldwell. What's his name? Dalton Caldwell. Dalton Caldwell. I think there were some very specific reasons why he was able to do that. I mean, first of all, he was able to market to people because they were very frustrated with Twitter. Yeah. Um, and so they were trying to solve, where a skyboard isn't solving some pain point that everyone's like really pissed off about. There was an emotional kind of call to arms in some way. Um, skyboard can be a useful utility, might be very popular, but I don't know if I, I, there's not many things that I think fit in that category. Like, you know, that, it, like, like, uh, like app.net and like the, whatever that one that they tried to do the same thing with Facebook. I mean, people donate a lot of money because people are frustrated with these major platforms and they want an alternative. Plus there would get a lot of people who, who were say hedging their bet. They're like, Hey, if this takes off, I want to have this name or this yeah, handle. Yeah. And so people were kind of hedging their bet. That's why when it, that's why when it started to pick up at the end there, it really took off quickly and passed its mark because a lot of people were like, okay, I guess this is going to be something I better, I better put my money in so that I can claim my handle. I can have first dibs in the handle. Yeah. I want. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So I don't know if that, I don't know if you could make that work generically for, for, you know, X, Y, Z cool web app utility. I don't, I don't know. So it's more like, Steve Steve Jobs used to say this thing people people don't know what technology they want until you show it to them you mm-hmm. got you got to kind of sell it to them mm-hmm. is it that kind of a concept it might be but again I, I, I just don't think it's a it's it, app.net was an alternative to something that people were pissed off at yeah. they had an emo, it was an emotional it was partially an emotional reaction to something and then it was partially a hedging their bet once people thought it was going to take off I don't think it's going to work in this case. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, you can always try it. I just don't, I don't think it no, fits in that I mean, category. I, th- I think I agree with you. And I think that pre-subscription is probably a better idea because mm-hmm. it doesn't pin me down to any timelines or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking the strategy that I should take with Skyboard is to just make it free, mm-hmm. uh, make it viral, really good, really well executed, mm-hmm. really well done. And so that it just spreads around. A lot of people start using it just to get stuff rated mm-hmm. and those people see it. And then, People will think, okay, I, I want a little bit more. Like, for example, I want to send this privately. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, obviously the free version won't be private. It'll be completely public, mm-hmm. you know. So there's there's so many different premium features that you can add to it, to be Almost honest. Almost branding. Yeah. For one. Yeah, branding. Yeah. 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 All right, let's move on. All right. Next, what else you got? I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Let's, let's get- move on to your stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. So... So, you know, with yesterday being my birthday, yes. I turned 42. Happy birthday. Holy smolies. That's the answer 42. to life, 42. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, it's the answer to life. I am, I am finally the answer to the universe. Um, and uh, so we went and saw a movie last night. We saw Looper. Oh, oh right, you right. You heard of that? But the, I, the time travel one? From what I've heard, Bruce it sounds Lee? kind of like we, we could debunk the science quite a lot. Well. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's real hard to debunk time travel as a as a as a. But doesn't doesn't his young self have to go and kill his old self? Yeah, yeah I guess that's set up in the trailer, so that's not a secret. But that yeah. doesn't make sense because then your young self, your old self, is going to know that your young self is coming. Uh, 
Well, that's I think it's kind of like a different like loop, right? Like it's oh, it's a different loop or something. I I, I don't know because it gets really weird when you start thinking of time travel. I mean, yeah, see, the problem with time travel stuff is it's it's usually pretty easy to find a way to for the whole thing not to make any sense, even if you assume that time travel would somehow be possible. Yeah, that you know because they're. You know, you could do something really small today that changes the course of events in your future. You know, whereas, you know, in, in, in that movie, that doesn't necessarily happen. You know, I mean, in a lot of this, it's like, well, we don't necessarily change. When I mean, they did that, the butterfly effect, remember that old movie, yeah, the butterfly? The, the butterfly effect, they would yeah. make really small things would happen, it would have massive effects. And I think that's probably. More, more realistic, true, more realistic, yeah. or maybe somewhere in between, at least you know. But uh, I don't know. It was okay. It was a good movie. It was okay. I give it a B. Okay, I give it a B. Sandy would have given it a D. What do you think of Bruce Willis? Was he good in it? It's all right. Yeah, thanks. I, th- I give it. A, I give it a solid B. I give it a solid B. I think for sci-fi fans, you know, if you're willing to cut cut the science some slack. Okay, I'm definitely going to go and check it. Then out. it's it's worth. It's a B. We were going to see the master. Um, which I think is about the Scientology yeah. thing. Oh, really? Which was uh, got really high ratings, and um, at least the critics loved it. And uh, but we missed it because we uh, we were at the uh, restaurant. And we ran into somebody. Yeah, we knew. Actually, it was this it was this woman I used to talk to all the time at the. Um, Will you quit playing with my iPad? I can't concentrate when you're not. Why can't you attention. concentrate? I, I can't. I can't focus when you're not paying attention. When you're like, when you're doing other stuff. That's really cool. Let me show you that. I'm like, dude, I can't. I can't focus. Okay. So, um, yeah, just like go off, make yourself a sandwich. <laughs> I can't, I can't have a, I can't have a real conversation when I'm being backgrounded. All right. So the, um, yes, right. We're making a podcast and I'm being backgrounded by my co-host. <laughs> Cause I'm looking at the iPad that, that the listeners have paid for. Right. Well, look at it afterwards. <laughs> so, so we're at, I'm at the, uh, I'm at the restaurant and I, and I was just coming out of the restroom and so I hear this, Jason, and I'm looking around, I'm like, I didn't see anybody, you know, I said like a little kid yeah. or something, you know, you think we heard that he chased it. There's this woman I used to talk to at the park, like I hadn't seen in like four years. She was really kind of a funny lady. She actually is a, she's actually a pretty successful actress. She was on like NCIS LA or oh, yeah. one of those things or whatever. So it was, it was, uh, it was funny to see her. So we ended up talking for a long time and then we missed our movie. So that was kind of a. So you missed Looper. No, we missed the Master. Oh, so that's why we saw Looper. Oh, that's that's why we saw Looper. That's oh, yeah, why we saw yeah, Looper. So, I don't know. That what's, was my. What's the Master about again? I know you just. Said I think it's about the. Him. I think it's about the Church of Scientology or something. Oh. I think it's about that, and somehow I don't know if it's specifically about that or it's about like a a, a similar type of you know religion I, cult thing. I was at a crossing in Pasadena the other day, and I was just standing to go across, and some guy walks up next to me. You know, he's in a suit, and he like looks at me and then hands me this card and like pushes it into my hand. I take it and I'm like, it's, it's basically Scientology. Do you want to come yeah. in for a questionnaire? And I was, I had headphones on. I'm like, why did you just do that? So I looked at this and I just basically said, no thanks and handed it back to him. And he looks, he looked disgusted. He was so insulted that I handed the card back to him. I'm like, dude, I was just standing here with headphones on. You shoved a card in my hand. How can you be insulted that I'm giving it back to you? Yeah, yeah, I see that. I, 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 I think it's a, one of those guys shoved it in my hand a couple of weeks ago. I was walking in, I walked yeah. in Town, and uh, I just throw it probably away. Probably the same guy. Maybe. I think they probably just sent a bunch of them out. Yeah. So, um, all right, so let's get some articles. You want to get in some articles? Well, California passes law for self-driving cars. Remember I talked about being proposed that passed the Senate? Yeah. It's been passed. So um, they've done about over 300,000 test miles, 50,000 without human intervention. 
And so now that the bill is, they're going to start setting up regulations for like how. I still don't know how they're going to get around the paper bag problem. I don't understand what that means. Basically, in the road is is a paper bag, but they can't tell the difference between that and rocks. Well, you're assuming it can't tell the difference. Well, they can't. How do you know they can't? Well, because they're, they're, from the articles that I was reading, okay. they're, they're not good enough yet. Well, you know, maybe they will be soon. So what? They're going to like break all of a sudden when it's a plastic bag? But you're just assuming that they can't come up with the technology that can determine the difference. I mean, our eyes can tell the difference. I guess maybe they could use something like infrared or some other weird scanning technology. Yeah. Well, so I, I, had, I was talking about with some of the, um, some of the de- engineers of at Uber. I was like, you know, I think it's a no-brainer that Uber should get a self-driving car, at least one. They should, yeah. He should be, I said, Travis should be talking to the guys at Google because he has tons of connections in, in Silicon Valley and whatever. So I'm like, you should go and Uber should be the first, you know, public transportation that has a self-driving car because that'll create, that'll be a huge PR uh, move, right? I mean, that'll be all over, that'll be over things like 60 Minutes and, and everything like, hey, you can go to San Francisco or New York and- But when you say it's super- passed the law for self-driving cars, does that mean- that, that they can be tested or that they can actually be ruined? They are, it, 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 it said in the article that they are, it passed the laws, so then now I guess the Department of Motor Vehicles or whatever, transportation, is going to form, or, or is going to create the actual regulations. Like what, you know, what they ha- what hoops they have to jump through. I see. So it will happen, it's just a matter of what the specifics oh. of it are. So what, what did Travis say then when you... Well, you know, I didn't talk to him, I was just talking to a couple of engineers. I'm like, is there any plans? Have you heard anything? Because I made the mistake of mentioning that out to what I was riding in the Uber with one of the drivers. And of course, he didn't take too kindly with the idea of a self-driving car, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that'd be cruel. He's like, well, like, and then I, then I backpedaled. Like, ah, well, you know, it's just be hard. <laughs> I didn't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I did. I just, for some reason, I just forgot. Like, oh yeah, actually, that's replacing his job with it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I mentioned it to I was talking to my buddy Amos about it. He's like, "Yeah, that'd be cool." And then I guess the next day he's like, "Yeah, I told Travis they really liked your idea." So I'm like, "Cool, nice. be interesting." I mean, you know, I I feel like that was kind of a no brainer, but I mean, I think that would be such a PR coup because once it hits the roads and people are talking about it, you know, you, you know, you could always go and 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 hire an Uber, get an Uber. And try it a few times because they're like, well, I was thinking about buying one or if I wanted to use it for, yeah. you know, you could just take a 10 minute, 15 minute drive, you know, for one part of the city to the other. But now that's going to cost like a million kind of thing. You think a household driving car would cost a million dollars? Within the next couple of years, yeah. Yeah, it'd probably be pretty expensive. I don't think it'd be that expensive. So, so, be so to hire the Uber self-driving car what are you going to it's not going to be the average 50 no fares. yeah it would probably be substantially more <laughs> expensive because it would be it'd be like an event you know i mean it'd be like a big deal do they do uh like special vintage cars and things like that they've done those they did um what do they call them um pe- petty cabs they did we, those in austin because we got for south uh, by southwest we got an email from a, a listener i don't have his name to hand um who had an article about how uber had been mentioned yeah, and I mean, they have they've done car they've done things like that. They've had their old time cars at one point. They've done that ice cream truck. You could you could call an ice cream truck. Yeah. So a lot of companies in Silicon Valley would call the ice cream truck, and it was a big you know PR thing. Anyway, so let's. Um, oh, I was reading this thing about Starcraft. Did you recall? Um, did you ever read? The, there was a two like these postmortem articles about uh, from one of the lead developers on Starcraft. No. Um, so he was the, this this particular article was called uh, "Orcs in Space Go Down in Flames," which Orcs in Space I think was the um, their early version of Starcraft. Oh, it was yeah, kind of yeah. like Warcraft, kind of transplanted. It was really bad. So they go to um, I can't remember what the name of the um, 
of the particular uh, conference was with these gigantic like video game type of conferences where you can go and check all the competition and stuff. Yeah. Um, CES or something like that. And uh, he's like, you know, he's like, you know, when you go to those things, you'd be checking all the competitors, right? And one of their competitors was like, uh, the games was called Ion Storm. And they said it was so amazing. It just blew away what they're working on. It was just like part of a part of them. They were they were excited by what could be done, and then they were of course really depressed because they yeah. were just not even close right. to Ions or what Ion Storm was and what it looked like. And so they came back and they had to do a total reboot and really push the date release date release date back because they you know they were going to get killed. And uh, but they, when they ended up coming out with the Starcraft, they came ended up coming out with was you know light years ahead of what they were. Where yeah. it works in space and was much more on par with what they saw from Ion Storm. Turns out later they end up hiring a couple of the developers on that uh, from Ion Storm, and they said, "Yeah, that actually wasn't even a working demo. It was like a video that they pretended to be playing. The developers pretended to be playing the game." <laughs> <laughs> so it was all CGI. Yeah, well, no, it, was, it was just a yeah, it was just a game. They just yeah, just drew just just like a little animation. Like they just drew it behaving oh, a certain wow. way. So 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 it so, looked like it was real. So that inspired them to make something that was basically yeah. Impossible. They're like, how did they do that? But then, <laughs> but it was like the existence proof, right? Once people show that something is possible, then it's much easier to do it. Just now, to have it in your mind. And sometimes, I guess, even if they show it's possible, even if it's fake, just in your mind, like, oh, that's that's achievable. We can do it. Yeah, I that's, thought that was that's, that's I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah, so. Um, that's uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, you know one thing I wanted to look. I, and I mentioned we were talking about like how our listenership. We felt like our listenership, our listenership wasn't growing. Yeah, because it like was stuck around like twelve hundred or thirteen hundred. But I think I've noticed is that it's much more getting after two weeks. It's it's much more around eighteen hundred. It is. Yeah, it gets up. It's a minimum fifteen hundred. But a lot of times after like two three weeks, you're up around eighteen hundred plays and downloads combined. Huh. So it has been growing. Well, that's when we were paying news attention. To me. That's yeah. news to me. Well, and that just goes to prove that you don't have to, you don't have to have a specific marketing campaign to grow by leaps and bounds. <laughs> well, we're growing. It's a, <laughs> a little bit at a time. So, uh, oh, you, I got, I got, I got some letters from the dark side. Do you want to? Yeah, go on. Oh, that's good. Well done. Nice, nicely brought uh, before because normally we do that like just a few minutes before we end. Right. How long? How long have we got left now? Uh, about 20, 25 minutes. 25 minutes. God, 20 minutes of Letters of the Dark. No, 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 no. Listeners, prepare yourselves. No, no, no. It's not that much. I just, well, I was bring up a couple of things. So um, there was this guy, his guy's name's uh, Stephen Rambaum. Yeah. Um, and he's like this really well-known like um, private detective who, who's been, he solved like tons of these really hard, you know, those cold case file kind of things. And he solved a lot of those. He, he's tracked down like 200 of like these Nazi uh, war criminals. Um, and he's like, he's been consulted by all of these, um, you know, TV shows that'll come on, you know, these like, kind of like Dateline and stuff. And they'll ask him, like, he's sort of an expert investigator yeah. you know, about criminal tracking criminals and things like that. And one of the, one of his, um, he's a, he was giving a talk and he's well known for what I'm called your, your privacy is gone. Get over it kind of thing. Like just, it's not even worth worrying about anymore. Cause, and, and he said that and and they were, in this particular article, they were they had a section we're quoting. He said, "Look, everyone who attended um, the Occupy Wall Street, their cell their cell phone had their identity locked. Like they know if you were there, they know who you were. Yeah, right. 
Isn't that yeah. crazy? No, that's think nuts. That? Yeah. Well, they can pick you. Well, they, you know, as we said, they can pick you out from a crowd. They can they facial recognition. Yeah. Well, that's that. I uh, mean, with JavaScript, you can recognize cats in a photo. <laughs> I mean, you saw that on Hacker News. Right? Oh, really? Yeah, I missed that yeah. one. It's like I, I can't. I can't remember what it's called, but it's something like cats.js or something like that. And basically, using JavaScript, it's picking cats out of pictures. And it's working pretty well. Yeah, well, there's a huge FBI move to, to do this do this massive um, facial recognition database. And then um, I'm blanking on the uh, the program we were talking about, too, about the that massive program that was doing a bunch of facial recognition. And then there was that, do you see Linda? This is a couple weeks old, but I forgot to bring it up, which was like, th- this is an Apple patent that can uh, remotely disable protesters' phone cameras. Yeah, so it's a, it was a ZDNet. Uh, it says... Um, it's patent number, you know, eight million two hundred fifty-four thousand nine hundred and two <laughs> is the patent number, and essentially, it, could, it would ring fence around a building or area, and um, it would prevent could you could prevent cameras from taking pictures or recording video. Basically, it would you know, isn't that why? crazy? Why? Well, I mean, I, mean, I mean, I know why, but I mean, well, pri- well, wonder- I mean, how dare they? Well, I mean, the, well, the, there's the idea of like, I mean, you could see why. Maybe a movie theater would say, "Look, you, you're not allowed to use your cell phone or record, you know, because record video if you're in a if you're in a movie, right? Because yeah. you, you've seen other people come out and they they record the video on high def camera and then they go out and they sell it and bootleg, right? So you could see that's kind of legitimate. Now, but you could see you could also see how that would be done at protest, right? Because you know, the protests get going, tempers flare, police overreact, they brutalize some protesters, and then you have all of these videos going around about the pre- pre- police brutality." The police would much prefer if they could somehow shut that down, and there weren't those <laughs> videos out there, right? They'd ring fence that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So one, if, well, if, one will, what, it will, will not. One will ring fence it so you can't record video or audio, but will also identify who you are by using, you know. That if that thing. comes out, though, I mean, sh- like, surely that would be enough to get people to get through their apathy and say, "Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to use that technology that does that." I mean, not use your iPhones yeah. or Androids? Is, wouldn't that be enough to get them through that? No. no, probably not. Would you? I can't imagine you just stopping to use your iPhone. Well, I don't think that I'd You'd go, complain about it. If, if I, <laughs> I'll tell you something. If, if I was a protester and I went to a protest, I don't think I, I would use any... <laughs> I wouldn't I would, take I would my phone. a regular camera. <laughs> yeah, just take an old Polaroid camera or <laughs> yeah. some kind of old film camera. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a thing. I guess if you were going to go... Which also kind of reminds me of like sci-fi things. Like they would use older technology to get around the new stuff. I feel yeah. like I've seen movies like that where they would, you know, you can imagine people showing up to some protest and using an old film camera because it can't be tracked. It can't be you tracked can't and then you scan it and then you put it online. Yeah. Later. Yeah. The people showing up with those things. So in some sense it might limit what people are, are able to, um, the kind of tools people use to record events. But, you know, cause there's been a big push, these, what they call these free speech zones, which is a big thing that's been, um, I think it was created like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something like that. And essentially what they do is they, is they create areas where they say, this is our free speech zone where people are allowed to protest, but it's not blocking the main area to like a, and they had, and do that to the, the conventions, like the Republican and democratic conventions so that they can't have protesters right up front. So, but that they, what the, what people are complaining about what ACLU and, and ACLU and EFF and civil rights groups are complaining about is they just move it around the block around the corner. Nobody can see it. The media doesn't see it and say, Oh, okay, you can go protest over in that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, that's what they did. That's yeah. what they've done at these uh, at these uh, conventions, free speech zones. <laughs> if you come around here, we have a ring fence that you can't record anything. And uh, if you uh, get uppity, we'll be recording your uh, 
we'll be recording your cell phone identity and send it to the TSA. So when you go by, uh, you might get get make a pat it an extra little pat down. Well, we're we're definitely going to be tracked because of you. Why? Well, because for a start, you took me to that Richard Dolan meeting. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Also, That's like, stupid. Once you go no. to a Richard Dolan meeting, then you're going to be tracked. But also, all the stuff that you say from letters from the dark stuff, <laughs> they'll, they'll track us down through the podcast. <laughs> track us down. You guys complain about this stuff. Uh, you guys are, yes. Well, it's too late now. Yeah. So let's see. What else we got here? Um, so, yeah, I want to I blow through a few things here that are kind of. Um, so, um, Udi Moisev. Moisevev. Moisev, like, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> it's difficult name? to pronounce it. Moisev, I think. Moisev. Yes, Udi. I just, yeah. Okay, Udi. So, so Udi, had, he had, um, in, in his comment, he had asked about the uh, profiler that Guyon and I had uh, yeah. created for, for Uber um, because he was having a hard time getting to the bottom of where his CPU usage was going and that he had, I guess he had tried to use um, node time and logging and using extensive logging, but it didn't really work. So um, he's like, well, what's the status of that? So here's the status with the the profiler. So um, Uber has hired an engineer to focus specifically on outsourcing code that we've written internally. To be outsourcing? Out, to be outsourcing. I mean, to open source, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. To open source code we written, rewrote internally. Fantastic. The profiler, I think, is the first thing. Oh, that's good. Um, so now the profiler is is useful because a lot of the 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 this, the node the V eight profiler um, just basically didn't work. The first the version they have right now currently just doesn't work. Um, now some people talked about using dtrace, and, I, and that looks pretty complicated. I, I mean, it just there's just more overhead with doing that kind of stuff in terms of. I mean, go go look at dtrace, and it's just like there's a lot of ceremony things you got to do to get it set up and run. But I guess I guess you can. Um, but I tried a few different things, and nothing really worked like I needed to work. And so that's why Guy and I built this thing. Or actually, I started building it, and I called in Guy on. I was like, "All right, help me, <laughs> help me do this." And so that worked really well and helped us identify the bottlenecks in the dispatch server. It was, it was really cool. And um, so the, the, the weaknesses of it are is that you have to use our class um, inheritance model. We have we use class, this thing is like class.extend to create your, your kind of your object types, your classes. Right. And so all the methods automatically, once you enable the profiler, you know, sort of create, they wrap all the method calls in a, in, in a, in a method that calls the enter and exit methods whenever the methods are called, right? It keeps track of it in a tree and yeah. accumulates all the values. And the other thing is that you have to, there's no way, um, there's no way to do that using the class extend type of thing for anonymous, inline anonymous callback functions. So we, you, what you have to do is you have to wrap those in a call. I do a double underscore F and I wrap every anonymous call. That way it allows us to track it. And then what I do is, uh, or so guy and I created was a, a way of tracking that anonymous call, like where it was called, what called it in the, in the stack, and is um, we throw an error object, and then we walk the stack, and then create like a we we know exactly the name of the function. And oh, the, nice! And, and we could say this is the name of the function, and this is the file number, the for the line number in the file. That's that's cool. I'm mean, sure not the name for the the file name and the line number, and that would be anonymous. You know, xyz.js at line. 37. Well, I, I hope that gets out there. Get, gets on GitHub and starts going somewhere. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So they they were trying to come up with a name, and so they were like Uber Profile Profile. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so they come up with a name. So I thought I thought for a second, I'm like, I got it. Cluso. Cluso. Like <laughs> it's Vector Cluso. Nice. So I think that's the name of it. I mean, everybody liked it except one of the guys, and he was like, well, I don't think we should use French because it's hard for people to spell it. But I think Cluso. Oh, it's true. Up. It'd be difficult to search on it, but 
Google will sort that out for you. Yeah, I think so. I think Clouseau is kind of cute. Yeah. So keep an eye out for Clouseau. And uh, I don't know what the status is. Hope I think he's going to, uh, uh, David is the name of the engineer. I think he's going to release it next week or something. Great. So, um, you know, one of the guys I, I, I had dinner with, um, uh, a guy, uh, his name's um, Mike Rauta. He, he had, he's, he founded something called um, uh, Think Math. I think it's, let me just type it in here. Think dash math.org and it goes oops here we go yeah it's called foundations for education and he was talking about how he had created this educational curriculum for um k through sixth graders yeah and i i think they had it was it was a two-part part of it was like a foundation where kids who um, were from for economically disadvantaged families could still participate because they would raise money and, and sort of scholarship these kids. And then the parents who were wealthy or whatever could pay, could pay for it. But essentially what they did is they were putting them through the Singapore, Singaporean math curriculum, which is supposed to be the best in the world. You know when they talk about, you know when they give those worldwide test scores, like which nations do the best in math or science or whatever. Well, Singapore tends to come in first or wow. second or whatever. They tend to kill it. And their curriculum is supposed to be awesome. And he showed me their books and their books are like really thin. Like a whole semester book was was nothing maybe like 100 pages or 80 pages it was like a workbook it was just really simple and he's like he was talking about how like they learn like in second grade they're learning long division they're much more advanced and but they do they, they explain things in such a simple way and they usually provide like a, a handful of ways of of of, 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 of of problem solving strategies so it's not just like this is the way you do it it's like the the apparently in singapore the teachers are very well educated in the curriculum, so maybe really because good. you're being taught three different ways to solve a problem, it's like it, it just makes you learn much faster. I Gen- guess. I, mean, I think. I think what happens is people's brains work differently. Yeah. Or at least on, in a, on any given new concept, you you know sometimes just being presented it in a certain way, you just can you can get it. You just you can grok it, right? I mean, you yeah. know, you saw us when we were trying to explain the kids, you know, variable assignments or whatever. Just you'd say the right thing, and the kid's eyes would light up. And he got it. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a matter of just saying it using the right analogy or using the right example. So anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. It's like you can go to singaporemath.com and actually buy these books, like 10 bucks, these workbooks. So for your, you know, fifth or sixth or seventh grade or third grade or whatever, you know, and you can do it. So I was actually thinking about ordering them. Assuming they're in English, right? They're in English. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. I thought that was kind of cool. So he says he has like, I think it was 500 or 800 kids in the program. And they they do it in like, um, is it East Palo Alto or something, which I think is... Or at least part of it's done in East Palo Alto, which is kind of uh, a lower income area. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't know. Th- I didn't know that Singapore was. I, I mean, it rang a bell that they were good. I mean, I always knew like Denmark and Finland and some of those countries do really well, and then yeah. China and South Korea do really well. But I guess Singapore is tends to rock the house on that stuff. Cool. So, um, let's see. Oh, there's one thing that was called the Spark File. And it was it was an idea of just I, I I get the guy who was writing it, but essentially the idea was that you would write down all of your ideas in a file, and then you would periodically kind of look at them again, which is kind of similar yeah, to my CJ memory. CJ was mentioning this, yeah, was he? Yeah, yeah. the Spark file concept, which yeah. is not is sort of similar to the memory hole in some ways, and some you know which we've talked about, and and sort of also similar to the big ass text file approach. So so Spark files, but it's online, right? Well, no, I don't know if you just put it on, but you would just have like a text file or something, whatever you wanted to. And it's like anytime you had an idea for anything, yeah, even if it's a half-baked, 
you know, throwaway idea, you would write it there. And then you would just kind of go back and look at it periodically. Oh, right. So once a month, you go back and read over your whole Spark file to just remind yourself of all the stuff you were thinking about. Yeah, because sometimes it takes months or years for an idea to really sort of evolve in your brain. Yeah. Or that yeah. you learn new things you or you get a new perspective since the first time you, that you thought of it. And then that now you, 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 you have the right elements in your brain to fill it out and make it work. You know, I, I have that from, um, from notes on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. So I've got like ideas that I've been thinking about because beforehand I had the trio and the notes were ported from the trio to the iPhone when, mm-hmm. I, when I moved over. Mm-hmm. So I've got like, I, I, that's where I always write my stuff. So sometimes I do go back through those notes and see things I was thinking about years ago. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well, it, is, it is good feeling. Well, I remember you telling me that, um, that uh, you would write down, like you have one sort of chronologically organized text file. Chron- it's chronologically, but it's not organized. But it's hard to, but it's like whatever you think about, is it everything is just going to be massive? Well, it's, that's not that long, right? A couple thousand lines. So you do delete from it. Uh, no, you see, this is, this, what I've started doing is just kind of doing one a year. So I have like a bunch of them. So this is 2012? That kind of thing, yeah. Huh. So like, you know, command line tricks or links whatever to something. I do, yeah. you, whatever. I come to this file and I'll search through it. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of do that. I have a file for every project or, or client this, or... This is what I do whatever. at the beginning of the day. Oh, hang on. That was the wrong one. That was a podcast one. This is my one. Oh, that's much larger. Yeah. How many, how many lines is it? Um, hold Does on. it say anywhere? It says at the bottom of the one thing. Uh, 30, 37,000. Wow. So, yeah, that, that, has, that has all that stuff in. And, um, but this is what I do at the beginning of the day. I go like this. And I just go, ding, 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 knock, uh-huh. knock it down so that it's just a white screen at the beginning of the day and then go up the top. Why? Because I don't want to be, I don't want to have, have that cluttered. You know, I don't have that clutter in my mind, but I want to have it, the history of it. Yeah, well, that was the same thing I was talking about a while, uh, I don't know, a couple months back about the idea of why I like to clear out all my tabs on my browser yeah, the yeah, night yeah. before. Because if you wake up the next day, it feels like re- it's just residual stuff that clouds your brain, like you can't get a fresh start. But I, one thing we were talking about, you do that with the inbox, right? Yeah. But I, I delete all my, I, del- I, I, I try not to have more than a couple of, uh, of things in my inbox. I consider that, like basically, I consider my inbox, anything without stars in it as just being blank. I just ignore it. Okay. So you've tra- trained yourself. I've trained to- my mind to just think of it as blank. I just totally don't. So, so it's only whatever this, this star area here. I'm, I see. I'm changing. Not a bad. Yeah. But the, but the trick is ultimately the same thing, which is that yeah. you have to somehow give your brain a fresh start yeah you got to remove the clutter yeah and uh i think that's a big deal but then but the, the thing about the uh spark file and what you've done which is just having access to old information yeah you know one thing i've done is i've created this i created like sort of a to-do list that's by categories in a text file so yes. yeah, so yeah. what i do is i save each category because I, I just have so many projects and just things going on catalyst tagzing anyfoo uber Colby soccer team, blue tornadoes, yeah, yeah. Cobalt. My, I'm, I'm getting my men's soccer team. I'm putting back. I mean, it's just you put the so you're going to put the men's soccer team back together. Yeah. So like, oh, and I'll oh. tell you about that in a second. So the thing is, I mean, it's like I got to, you know, you know, just just even with the Colts team, it's like okay, I got to finish the player registration. I got to email these five other players. I got to go find a keeper. I got to you know make sure I email the guys about the. But at what point is it is is it too much? At what point? It's is been too, too much, much for a long time. I know, but I'm I mean, way past I mean, too much. Seriously, like like. That you know, building a little kid's computer game in JavaScript, doing Catalyst, AnyFoo, App Ignite, the football club, working for Uber, all the clients, having a wife, three kids. Like, at what stage do you say, 
okay, I've got to cut. I've got to cut some stuff. I've got to cut some stuff out of my life. Yeah. So it turns out, I think I'm just going to cut the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. I mean the the, the pluses is my life's really interesting. Yeah, at least to me. I mean I have a lot going on. It never gets dull. Um, so that's cool. Um, uh, you know I learn a lot because I have a lot going on. But yeah, it's a little it's a it's a little much for sure. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I probably should have said no to the soccer team, but I have been a couple of guys are like, come on, let's put a team in. There's a good league. We can get the guys back together. Well, why don't you outsource the work to them? Because they, they said they want to do it. I think I should. I should. But, you know, it's like everybody's used to me taking care of everything. So then I'm just the guy who takes care of everything. Yeah, but then you're going to be so busy doing other stuff that you're not going to get it done. And they're going to be disappointed with you. You should call them up and say, look, I don't want to disappoint you. I want to make this happen. But I want you to take the charge. Yeah, maybe what I can do is, well, once it gets going, you know, maybe I can just say, okay, you, you know, okay. have Dino or Shane or somebody run it. Yeah, that might be nice. And that'd be nice to just show up for once, not have to organize stuff. Just be the guy. Yeah, because who shows you up. you could sell it like you know what? It's great management experience. Like it's great. For, <laughs> it's great for your resume. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? It's like so. Sandy the other day. So so, Colby is playing flag football this year, in addition to soccer. So it's two games a day. I'm yeah. sorry, which is crazy. And I coach a soccer team, but in his football game, I so he's. I thought he gave up soccer. He gave. He's not playing club soccer, but he's still playing AYSO soccer, which is sort of oh. a recreational. Soccer. Oh, I see. And um, but he's really into football right now. He's enjoying. So and Sandy was like, you know, if he likes football more, maybe you should go ahead and uh, you know coach football next year. Learn train to be a football coach. I can imagine Colby loving football. Yeah, he's he's because he loves wrestling. He loves bashing into people. He's so physically so aggressive. Yeah, you so aggressive. He is. He he's very aggressive. He's always grabbing your arm. He wouldn't. He's let an go aggressive of. kid, but but in, not in a bad way. You know, no, I don't know if there is a bad way or a good way. But anyway, in a way, he is a physically like uh, extremely aggressive. He would be amazing at football. He would be really intimidating. I mean, I was scared of him. <laughs> scared of, well, he was grabbing your arm. He's like, I'm not letting you go. And you were like, have a little hard time. Get away I'm from like, him. He's, he's strong. <laughs> he's a beast. He's an absolute beast. That's what the coaches were joking about how strong he was. Cause he's so he's quick and he's strong as hell and aggressive. Yeah. So they have him on the defensive line, just rushing the quarterbacks, you know, rushing the, and he just is disrupting all the plays. So he the, likes that. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he the first practice, he's, he's telling the offense, he's like, yeah, I'm their worst nightmare. <laughs> he's already talking trash. He's seven. <laughs> he's turned eight. So, but it's funny, like, he, um, the, so the coaches are cracking up because he's just so aggressive and physical. And, and he just like, yeah, he just disrupts. He's like, they got no answer for him. He's like, they're all heels. They're all heels. They go heels and butts because he just pushes them back. So he's not, he's not, some of these other kids have already been doing it for a couple of years. The kid who's a running back and the quarterback because they have a little more you know, familiarity with how, what things are going, but he just put Colby in the defensive line and he just, just rushes. Wow. That could be a great thing for him. Maybe he'll get like a scholarship to an amazing university. Yeah. You never know. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good athlete and he's really into it. So anyway, Sandy's like, you should coach football. I'm like, when do I, when do I get just to be the guy, the dad who checks out, who just sits on the sideline and stands and like, you know, watches. I can't can I be that guy sometimes. But how would you coach football? You don't, you don't really play that game. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I know, I know the game well from a spectator as a, as a spectator i know it well enough right? sandy loves football doesn't she no oh, yeah well, we both love to watch it like i i see i like i walked in the other day and she's doing the laundry watching football oh yeah she loves football what's yeah. i told you we'll, we'll watch monday night football sunday night football but yeah she definitely she's more of a sports fan have, than you, I have you seen friday night lights the tv show no. yeah Mm-mm. oh you should watch it it's so good really it is really it? is good yeah maybe we'll give it a shot 
I'm, I'm not kidding. It's really good, especially if Colby's getting into football because it's all about coach. Oh, and is it? Yeah, it's all about coach and how he brings up this team of kids. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I uh, you know, it was, just, it was just funny though. Her, she's like wanting me to coach. And I'm like, I, I do everything. I'm like, I'm a catalyst. I coach the soccer, organize the stuff. And, you know, I'm even on the board of the, 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 the condo association. I was like, <laughs> I sometimes just want to be the participant. I don't want to be the guy, you know, who just has to do it all because it just gets, it's just exhausting. You know what it is, Morning, It's just exhausting. It's like you never get a break. Yeah. Like sometimes I just want a weekend to be a weekend, like do nothing. Yeah. But like, you know, my weekend is like, there's, there's, there was like an hour I got to take a break. So, I don't know. So that's my complaint. That's my, you know, complaining about it. But obviously I'm the one who signed up for everything, you know. But, uh, I don't know. I guess that's probably enough for a show, right? Like we're kind of. Yeah. We've been we've been through it. Oh, one last thing I wanted to, uh, I want to say. There's something you'll love is a this hover bike that came out. It's like nice. you know, Star Wars technology brought to life, and they they put like on the bottom of it. It looked like these huge like fans kind of thing. You know, I I saw it, and I think that it's those fans that they use on the swamps to make those boats. Go. It looks a little like that, but it looks like yeah. a, like a motorcycle made of that. But if, but it floats like you know couple feet off the ground or 18 inches off so the it's ground. So it's a hover bike. It looks like a motorcycle version of like the Star Wars hovercraft. Sweet. I'm like, that would be awesome. But apparently they're not making it. They're making it for drones or something like that. Right. But I'm like, how awesome would it be to ride, go out to the desert and ride one of those things around? <laughs> Speaking of the desert, it's been like, oh, it was supposed to be 106 degrees today. I couldn't believe how hot it was. Like walking home to, to get to the podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I think I should wear shorts today. I can't believe that you wear jeans every day. I've never seen you wear shorts. Everyone in Uber Media, no one in Uber Media wears shorts. I mean, I've never wear shorts ever. Do you own shorts? I own one pair of shorts that I don't like very much. Okay. I was going to say, because I've never once seen it. Even in 95, 100 degree heat, we meet at lunch on this weekend, you don't wear no, shorts. No, I don't like it. But don't, don't you sweat? Well, I probably do, but I, don't, I still don't like shorts. It doesn't bother you walking around and sweating, your legs sweaty? Uh, no, I, I guess less than wearing shorts. <laughs> really? No, but why do you not like wearing shorts though? Because I've got pasty English legs. <laughs> <laughs> pasty English legs. Are English legs known to be pasty? Well, probably because there's no sun over in England, uh, is there? I don't think anyone really cares. You know what? I really don't think anyone cares about this. <laughs> I think this is a good, this is a good time to end this show. All right, I'll let you off the hook. All right, all right, that's a wrap. We're out.